0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, April 19th. Coming up on the show today, a massive Tuesday evening of professional sports in the state of Tennessee, a decision by one SEC player to enter the draft. But we begin with the Tennessee Titans off-season program as players arrived on Monday, and one name that definitely did not arrive. The 440 is brought to you every single morning by our wonderful friends, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Nashville homes, the real estate market, all this stuff is crazy right now. You need folks that have your best interests at heart and folks that have been in this market for over a decade, folks that win awards, and folks that you can trust. That is the Kingston Group. Before you make any major financial decisions about your house, make sure you just have a conversation with them. I'm not asking you to do too much. Just talk with them. I guarantee you, you'll learn something and they will help you with your process. Whatever your process might be with your house, they will help you make the smartest decision for you and your family. That's the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Give them a call, check out their website. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. That's the Kingston Group. The Tennessee Titans' voluntary offseason program began on Monday. The first two weeks, called Phase One, includes just meetings, strength and conditioning, and lots of physical rehab. New tight end Austin Hooper is in town and working, but not with quarterback Ryan Tannehill, who is not yet in town. He is still spending some time with the family. Caleb Farley has been at the facility every day working on rehab after tearing his ACL midway through last season former first-round pick is going to be needed in a big way in 2022 now that Jack Rabbit Jenkins has been cut. And Kevin Byard got a haircut. He went high and tight because he said he's getting older, and I guess it's a more adult, more mature look. These are the important questions that were asked at St. Thomas Sports Park on Monday. Center Ben Jones, linebacker David Long, and cornerback Elijah Molden all visited with the media as well. As it turns out, Molden got married and has been on his honeymoon already this offseason. Phase two of the offseason program begins next month, and that will include on-the-field activity. Phase three will be 10 days worth of OTAs and one mandatory veteran minicamp. However, wide receiver A.J. Brown does not intend to report for the start of the team's voluntary offseason program, phase one or two at least. This is the same with other second and later draft picks from Brown's draft class at wide receiver, Debo Samuel for San Francisco and Terry McLaurin for Washington. What do they all have in common? They are all really good and entering the final year of their contract. Seattle's DK Metcalf would fall into this group as well, but he has said he will be participating this spring in team activities. With huge contracts getting handed out to guys like Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Tyreek Hill, all in the $25 million plus range, guys like Brown are clearly looking at the market and shooting for a big deal. As it stands, A.J. Brown should be in that $22-25 million million dollar range, and yes, there will be questions about his health and overall productivity that are totally fair, but he is the most talented wide receiver that I've seen in a Titans uniform ever, and their offense is just completely different with him on the field. And don't forget that the Titans will get about $10 million more in cap space on June 1st when the Julio Jones departure actually hits the books. Honestly, negotiations with A.J. Brown shouldn't really impact the Titans' ability to re-sign other big names, primarily defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons, who should also cash in on a huge deal next offseason. The cap is extremely fluid and gets reworked all the time. It's completely funny money. Smart folks can figure it out. The bottom line is the Titans should be able to re-sign Brown and Simmons and keep their stars in town and happy with their paychecks. The key is, can they extend either Simmons or Brown before the season? Maybe spread out the money, give the player an earlier payday, and maybe get some sort of minor hometown early contract discount. Only time will tell, but one thing is for sure, no one should expect to see A.J. Brown doing much of anything anytime soon in a Titans uniform, except for possibly tweeting. Tuesday night is a big one for professional sports in the state of Tennessee. The Nashville Predators are on the ice at Bridgestone Arena, wrapping up a homestand against the Calgary Flames, the first place team in the Pacific Division. And after not playing particularly great hockey over the last two weeks or so, The Calgary Flames are the likely first-round matchup for the Nashville Predators. These two teams have not played since November, and the chance to get a look, a sneak peek at what a playoff series might look like is going to be incredibly important for not just the Nashville Predators, but for fans, the media, and the Calgary Flames as well. Trying to get an idea of how these two teams match up right now with just a few games left to go, two weeks left in the regular season, is exactly what everyone should be looking for on Tuesday night. Go out and play a good game, and there is all of a sudden instantaneous hope for this team in a postseason series. If you play the way you did against St. Louis on Sunday and you get blown out of the building, well, Vegas is not going to give Nashville too much of an opportunity to pull an upset in round number one. Meanwhile, out in Memphis, the Grizzlies will host game number two in their best-of-seven series in the first round of the NBA playoffs against the Minnesota Timberwolves following their loss in game number one over the weekend. Tip-off is at 7.30 on Tuesday evening, Memphis simply could not contain Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns in game number one. They're going to have to do a better job defensively, and they're going to have to shoot the ball better from behind the arc. If they can split and get a win on Tuesday evening and head up to Minnesota, all they need, as I said on Monday, is a split to regain control of home court advantage in games three and four. If they lose on Tuesday evening and go down two games to none, heading back to Minnesota... Well, you guys know what that means in a playoff series. It, it essentially eliminates the Grizzlies after one of the best regular seasons in franchise history. So Tuesday night in the state of Tennessee, you've got the Memphis Grizzlies playing in an actual playoff game, and you've got the National Predators playing in a preview of what playoff games should look like in the NHL postseason. Make sure you put the kids to bed early tonight. Get the two TV set up all warmed up and ready to go. Should be a lot of fun watching the Preds and the Grizz on Tuesday evening. Critical matches, critical games for both teams. Vanderbilt guard Scotty Pippen Jr. has decided to leave Vandy and enter the NBA draft. He and Vols point guard Kennedy Chandler are both potentially top 10 point guard prospects coming in to this draft class. But the question is, where does that put them overall in the prospect rankings? I have seen Chandler listed as one of the top five point guards in this class, and that could put him as high as the middle of the first round in terms of draft projections. It also means he could fall into the high 20s or even possibly out of the first round altogether. That does seem extremely unlikely considering his youth and tremendous upside. My guess would be for Chandler that he falls into that 18-25 range in the first round. Pippen, however, is a different story. Some places have him ranked outside of the top 60 and 70 players overall, and that is undrafted status. Now, his name, his last name, and overall game should play very well among NBA scouts, but his lack of elite size might keep him from getting picked. Obviously, he's not hurting for money, so I'm assuming that that isn't a factor in his decision, at least from the outside. But if he goes undrafted, would he develop more, enjoy his career more at Vanderbilt as a preseason SEC Player of the Year candidate or starting for an NBA G League team? Obviously, it's his choice, his career, his life. He can do whatever he wants, but it does seem like that once you work through the calculus... The decision to come back seemed pretty sound. I hope it works out for him and that he makes the right decision for himself and his family and his career, but I do know that Nashville, Vanderbilt, and the SEC will be far worse off without him in the conference, that is for sure. Thank you guys all for listening. Make sure you check out the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. Make sure you talk to those good folks. You don't have to buy anything from them. Just have a conversation with them. I guarantee you, you'll be better off. Make sure you subscribe to all the other shows across the 440 Sports Network, along with the shows from Broadway Sports Media as well as Vandy Sports. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page and all the social accounts. Basically, folks, just click all of the buttons that we are asking you to click and support all of the great folks that are doing work for you here at 440. We really appreciate you all listening. My name is Brayden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, April 19th.